It's now time for the word of the episode. Today's word of the episode is brought to you by Benin Republic. Aso. Aso. Aso means see you soon in funk. Aso. Hello, I am your host, L. Cole, and today we are going to start talking about some tips to homeschool. I know it's been a while since we discussed actual homeschooling tips, but we're getting back to the basics because I know since the pandemic, many of you have turned to homeschooling and I want to share my experience as a mom and homeschooler with you so that you can make the best transition possible or so that you have a good understanding of what homeschooling entails. So the very first tip and advice I have for families who are interested in homeschooling is to be prepared. Now, what does that mean? There are three ways that families can prepare for homeschooling. Number one, research and review your state homeschool laws. Some states have very lax laws. Other states have more stringent rules. So you need to know what you're up against and what you have to do in order to get started. Number two, assess your child's academic needs. Some people are going to start homeschooling right from the beginning and others are going to decide to homeschool and pull their children out of a traditional school. So regardless of what your path to homeschooling is, you need to prepare and you need to evaluate and assess what your child's needs are. So are you starting from the beginning? Are you trying to make sure they have a good foundation and you may need to reteach them things? You really need to assess the situation and if you have children who are accelerated and are above grade level, you need to know what you're up against so that you are making sure they're not bored and making sure that you challenge them. Number three, create a plan and gather your materials. You know, when we think about preparation, I believe it's number three that comes to mind. We think about the tangible curriculum. And one of the questions that we're asked most often is, what curriculum do you use? And as a homeschooler, you'll quickly learn that for many homeschoolers, it's the question that they like the least because a lot of homeschoolers pull from many different sources and they don't use just one in order to teach their kids. So I want to kind of take a few minutes to unpack each of these three things. Number one, review your state laws. Number two, assess your child's academic needs. And number three, create a plan and gather your materials. So right now, I'm going to talk to you about where you can go to learn your state homeschool requirements. My recommendation is that you go to one organization that has really laid it out completely by state, and that is 
the Homeschool Legal Defense Association. There will be a direct link on our show notes page for you to go to hslda.org slash legal to find out what your state homeschool laws are. When you look at that page, you'll see a map of the United States because we are in the U.S. and that's really the homeschool laws that we're familiar with. And so when you go to that website, you choose your state. We are actually located in the state of Maryland. And so that is the state where I'm most familiar with the homeschool laws. But when you go to the HLS, the HSLDA.org slash legal webpage, you will see that they've broken down the requirements so that they're easy to understand. So next, I want to talk to you just about my personal experience with my state laws. And I live in the state of Maryland, and there are several homeschooling options But the main thing that you should be aware of as a parent is that the state of Maryland wants you to be the primary educator for your child. They want you to primarily be responsible. That doesn't mean that you can't hire tutors and you can't um, have other people help you teach your child. It just means that you are ultimately responsible. So you can have an umbrella. That's where another organization, it could be a church, a school, just um, usually it's like a homeschool organization that may be in charge of it, but just another organization kind of helps you organize the education for your child. And instead of going to the state, you go to the umbrella for your reviews to make sure you're providing regular instruction. The option that I personally did was the portfolio option. And because this was my experience, I think it's fairly easy. That's where you meet with your state twice a year. So once in the fall and once in the spring, um, you know, if there's a special exception or you're late or something like that, those are um, different circumstances. So I'm really just talking about the main experience, which is you meet twice a year with your state homeschool person. And so different counties have different ways of doing it. But in PG County, I booked my dates online and I was able to meet with different people and show them that my child was receiving regular instruction. So I had a binder and I showed our schedule and the I had a list of curriculum that we used and I had some worksheets, some just different types of materials. Um, I often made a PowerPoint to show the presentation, to show that my kids were learning regularly. This also included making sure that they sometimes had quizzes or tests that were graded. The homeschool reviewers that I had, they wanted to see um, graded work. Sometimes I used an online program to 
help my children practice different subjects. And so when I use the online programs, I actually print it off the different material that we used, or I print it off, you know, the days that my child logged in and what they practice. So there are numerous ways to show that your child is doing work. It's not just one size fits all. You can do it in many different ways. And we do have an episode that's about portfolios. So if you look through the show notes, you'll be able to see that. And I have a website, um, a page on my website that talks about our portfolio experience. It really focuses on the early experience when I was just doing the binder. But later on, I started to do um, the PowerPoints as well. So, you know, you have to decide what works for you and your family and what you're willing to do. So both options are even, there are many different ways to do it. There are some people who create videos and different things. So you have to find your groove. And the best thing that I can say is, don't wait until it's time for you to present that information to your state for you to start gathering the information. Each week, try to do a little bit to put your portfolio together so that it's not overwhelming come review time. And regular instructions sometimes includes making sure that your child is um, dating their work. So that was one of the issues that I learned very early on. You want to make sure that you date material so that you can show that, you know, they didn't do all of this work last week. They were doing it over a period of time. And that's helpful. Um, you can put like, so regularly I put like eight um, pages or showed eight different types of work that was completed by my children per subject. Um, but that even those numbers kind of vary. They just want to see that your kid isn't playing all day. They're doing some work. They're being taught so that, um, you know, you're giving it your all as a parent. And so it was always an opportunity of pride for me to show what work my kids were doing. So it's not something for you to be scared of. It's something for you to embrace. All right. Our number two item on the list was assess your child's academic needs. What am I talking about? I'm talking about learn your child's learning style. I think when parents start homeschooling, there is a big push, internal push that says, hey, let me teach this the way I was taught it or the way I learn it. And really the most effective way is to evaluate your child and decide how they learn best and present the information that way. Because I had two um, different children, I'm a mother of twins, I decided I was going to present the information in multiple ways and kind of see which way did they learn best and go from there. So I wouldn't just you know, find out whether or not they were uh, auditory or visual learner and only do auditory or visual learning. No, when, a, when you identify a person's primary learning style, 
there are really three main primary learning styles. That's visual, auditory, kinesthetic, which is also tactile. So that deals with the hands-on learning. Now, when you discover what your child's primary learning style is, you don't just only do those things. You're going to diversify their education and you're going to do that because everybody has more than one learning style. So there may be a primary learning style and that's really where your child learns best and easiest, but there are going to be some other ways. And so, you know, in different subjects, it can really vary. So I would say it's best to diversify their education and make it fun. And what I did I would present some information through song. Sometimes we would create 3D models, do projects or experiments. And at other times, I would teach them through play. So one of the things I remember my kids enjoying is playing beanbag toss when they were learning their spelling words. So they would um, spell a word and then toss a beanbag into a bucket. So I'm not talking about things that are really complex, but that was really a simple game, but it really helped them identify um, words and it made it fun than just rattling off some spelling words. And later on, sometimes I use the Spelling City app to get them to practice their spelling words. You just want to do different things. And there's all different types of ways to learn through play. For math, when they were really um, little, we used the game Shoots and Ladders to teach them different concepts. And we just made learning fun. And that's what I encourage you to do. My goal as a parent, and I've said this numerous times on the podcast, my goal as a parent wasn't to see how much information I could teach my kids. My goal was to teach my kids to love learning, because if I could make sure that they loved learning, they could learn anything. So, you know, as a parent, you define your goals, your mission on your own, and it may not be the same as mine, and that is okay. The next thing on our list is create a plan and gather materials. So hear me out. Do not (laughs) purchase a box curriculum just because your friend is using it or just because someone online said it was great. You really have to kind of figure out what your kid likes to do. And one of the things my kids hated doing was worksheets. But I knew I sometimes needed to give them worksheets to assess their knowledge and to have something to put in our portfolio. But I didn't want to make worksheets a primary part of our homeschooling because they hated them. And so I, what I decided to do was, you know, the things that they really didn't like, do them in moderation. I didn't not do them at all. Some people just say don't do them at all. But I know that in life, especially if I think my kid is going to get a job in the future, sometimes they will have things that they don't like. And I don't want them to just say, oh, I don't like that. So I'm not going to do it. 
I wanted them to be able to say, hey, it's not something that I really enjoy, but let me find a workaround. Let me find a way to get through it, even though it's not something I want to do. But I also encourage people to try different curriculums to see what your child likes most. So find a time to look over what your children in your state should be learning based on their age or grade. Next, write or type up your weekly objectives, what you want to teach them, what concepts you want them to learn, and how you plan to teach it. Then you want to make sure that you're going through through different reviews, you're asking other people what what um, you know what experience they've had with different curriculums. Now you're not gonna base all of your solutions and what you used on it, but you are going to kind of um, consider what they said and evaluate accordingly. Then you're going to see if you're trying to use a new website or online tool, you're going to see if there's a free trial that's available for you to test out. Next, you're going to look for samples. Sometimes there are some websites that have workbooks where you can go on their websites and print out a sample page. And you want to see, you know, how does this work before you spend hundreds of dollars on one curriculum? So it's going to take a little trial and error to see what works. I also wanted to let you know that it's important for you to have a plan. And for me, it was best to have a written plan, but you can have a digital or electronic plan. And you wanna make sure to use that as a framework so that you as the parent are able to stay focused and so that your child is able to focus. You don't wanna be all over the place. You wanna make sure that um, you have a plan. So if you need to accelerate your child's learning because they're picking up the information really easily, you can move on to the next thing. And there is one rule that I consistently used every year in my homeschooling experience. And that rule was be flexible. So all throughout the different ep episodes, you'll hear me say, be flexible because homeschooling will change by year, you know, just because one thing worked for you one year doesn't mean it'll work for you the next year or, you know, by semester. So you have to try different things. The beautiful thing, now you have a lot of different options. So even online classes like OutSchool, and I'll put a link to that in the um show notes page so that you can see what I'm talking about. But there are online schools and online resources that will help you supplement your child's education. I want you to know that if homeschooling is on your to-do list, you can do it. You can make it happen. And if you have questions, definitely reach out to us. Go to our show notes page, which is at Cleverly Changing. Dot com. All right. Have a wonderful week, a wonderful day, and I wish you the best. Remember to be flexible. All right. 
Bye now. Hey, homeschool family. Do you need extra encouragement to keep going this year? I know when I was homeschooling my children, the battle with homeschooling had its ups and downs, and I wish there was something that would motivate me. Well, Miriam and I had an opportunity to give something very special to each of you, and that is a clever homeschool support kit, but you need to sign up for it. It is very important that you sign up to receive a kit. So what is inside? Inside, we have t-shirts, stickers, planners, games, books, Things that you will want and that are especially designed for you and your family as homeschoolers. We believe that representation matters and so we have made and created some unique things just for you and your family. And if there's something that you need, let us know. We want to support you and we have been given a grant to do just that. So allow us to give you one of our incredible Clever Homeschool Support Kits. The link to sign up will be in the show notes. So check out our show notes page for more information.